1: To the battle for 1600 with me, Sebastian Gorka, your co-host, because we like round numbers. We have two hosts for this show. We have, as well, the man known... As the Baron, former special assistant to President Trump, strategic advisor to the Trump campaign, co-chair of the Jewish Voices for Trump, and the list goes on and on. His name is Boris Epstein. You can follow him at Boris E. P on Twitter. I'm Seb Gorka. Baron, are you there? I am here. I am here. I am. Uh, I
2: am so glad to be with you, my friend, and uh, it's great to be doing our podcast. We still have not missed a week. All these times, and now through Baron battling COVID. We're still here. COVID
1: can't keep a good man down. But listen, Baron, I I know you like the president, but you didn't have to catch the coronavirus just so that you can say you and the president have both beaten it. I mean, that is dedication beyond the norm.
2: Well, you know, I think I think they may be saying and no to 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 media matters and everybody take <laughs> it easy, this is a joke. But I think they're saying anybody who's anybody's
1: having it, except anybody's oh, anybody Oh, I see what you did there. That's a challenge. The gauntlet has been thrown down. But 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 Baron, I've been taking my hydroxy every week for about 6 months now, so COVID, tough luck. But we are glad to hear you. You sound it you sound in fine, Fettle Boris.
2: I feel, honestly, I feel good. I've got a great doctor, uh, she prescribed me all the right medicine, and I feel great. I got, you know, and, uh, uh, there's some, there's some fatigue, there's, you know, a couple of symptoms here and there, but overall, I'm just so glad to to be almost through it. I'm still being a bit careful. That's why I'm, I'm in an undisclosed location, as we call it. <laughs> and, and and I'm also so deeply thankful that my family did not get it. Uh, and they're negative. We just got some testing back today. So here I am, and I'm expected to be smoking a cigar within a couple of days' time.
1: Well, that is the sign that everything is okay. And then back in studio. Right, Baron.
2: my plan is for next week if you'll have me my friend we'll have you we're not afraid
1: we're not snowflakes here this is america first in the battle for 1600 if you enjoy this show give us a review on your podcast app and also don't forget to sign up subscribe to our youtube channel we just broke what is it eric 23 million how much was it how many 24 million. 24 i can't just can't, can't keep up with myself 24 million views already on our youtube channel look for america first sebastian gorka you'll find the baron too click the subscription button and the notifications bell twice and you will never miss a segment okay let's get to work um the president said that yesterday while we were on air He dropped a 46-minute video on Facebook, which he called the most important speech he has ever given. Let's play a little clip from that. This is Cut 5, Eric Plickett.
0: Everyone is saying, wow, the evidence is overwhelming when they get to see it. But really, it's too late to change the course of an election. It's too late to change the outcome. In fact, there is still plenty of time to certify the correct winner of the election. And that's what we're fighting to do. But no matter when it happens, when they see fraud, when they see false votes, and when those votes number far more than is necessary, you can't let another person steal that election from you. All over the country, people are together in holding up signs stop the steal. To understand how we will challenge this fraud, it is important to know the problems with mail-in balloting. Pennsylvania, Michigan, Nevada, Georgia, Arizona, and most other states allowed anyone to get an absentee ballot and cast their vote without showing any ID.
1: Uh, That was just a small segment. We've reposted the video. Everybody has to go and watch it. It's on all our platforms, uh, Facebook, Instagram, uh, and Twitter as well. I think that surprised a lot of people, uh, uh, Boris, especially with the president saying, we have time enough. Now, you know better than most because you've been on the ground. You've been fighting this fight as a lawyer. You went to Arizona. So talk to us about what the president said and why we're not out of time yet.
2: Well, I've been proud to be a part of the team after the uh, election day, fighting, as you said, on the ground in Arizona and then working closely with the one and only Mayor Giuliani, Uh, John Ellis, and and, and the rest of the team. Uh, And the the reason is because under the Constitution, the time to count the electors is January 6th. That's the time. And then the inauguration is January 20th. The electors are supposed to be sent on midnight uh, December 13th. So there's still plenty of time for these states around the country, Georgia, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan, Arizona, Nevada, to determine who won the legal the legal vote in each one of the states because that's what matters Who won the legal vote not who won all the votes illegal and illegal but who won the legal vote that is what matters and that's what we're after and by the way that should be a completely bipartisan notion that should be a bipartisan goal. How could anybody not want our election to be decided by determining who won all the legal votes? Well, if they have well, something to I hide, we know, Boris. We, I think we know the answer to that, right?
1: right? Right. If you have something to hide, then, of course, you don't want that to be uncovered. Look, let, let me give you my take. It's what I told the president. It's what I've said on the show for the last three weeks. Uh, it's what I'm going to tell him if I see him next week at the Christmas party uh, at the White House. The, the legal battle is required. It is important that Americans see all the evidence that you, Rudy, Jenna, D- Joe De Genova, Victoria Tansing, they in the studio for a whole hour. Yes, they have uncovered. But... This is less of a legal fight than it is a political one. Why? because, as far as I'm concerned, and look, you're the lawyer, I'm not, you have the training, we just don't have the time. These are immensely, immensely complicated cases, that, in a a regular court of law, you would demand months if not years to to prove. Secondly, we look at the history, and yes, it happened in 2000, but in general, American judges, for good reasons in some cases, are simply reluctant to overturn the results of elections, even if there is overwhelming evidence. So, you, you do this because you have doing because it should go to the Supreme Court. But secondly it's what the president said yesterday. It is the state legislatures that really, really recognize the validity of an election when they choose the slates of electors and hold those votes in the Electoral College and then send the results to D.C. to be counted on January the 6th by a joint session of Congress. Uh, I think that the, 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 the real scenario for the president's victory, given the rampant fraud, is to make sure that the GOP state, state houses, and even in these battleground states. It's the Republicans that hold the state houses. Do not endorse this election. Do not send electoral College votes to D.C. And then we have a contingent election in the House where the GOP outnumbers the Democrats. That's that's my answer. My question to you as somebody who's worked on campaigns again and again and again, who's worked in the White House, who's fighting for the president right now and his legal team. Does the establishment gop not just in dc but in the states where it really matters have the spine to do what has to be done boris
2: the legislatures across the country have shown us that they do have the spine there's here there were the hearings held in pennsylvania hearings held in arizona yesterday in michigan and then today in georgia so they've got the spine to come together and hold a hearing and that's vital And they've got the spine to make it a public hearing, and that's vital. Now the question has to be, when are they going to do the right thing and call themselves into special session, as you said, and determine who won the legal vote, which means whose electors are going to be sent? That's what it comes down to. Who won the legal vote? And then whoever won the legal vote either President Trump or Vice President Joe Biden, whoever's determined to have won it, after all the fraud is taken out, after all the ballots in Wisconsin that were, that were cast without, uh, without uh, an application being approved as, as is uh, required by Wisconsin law, all the mail-in ballots that were processed with observers, not without observers, the people in Nevada who, are, who actually live in Nevada and are alive, preferably, <laughs> when only those legal ballots are counted who won the most votes, whose electors should be sent. And that is, as you said, under the Constitution, under the electors' clause. That is the job of the legislatures. And those legislatures are are absolutely duty-bound to do the right thing and not punt this and not say, oh, we'll do an audit in a year. It's not about that. It's about the future of this country and making sure that the will of the American people, which is represented in several ways. One, by voting legally. Two, by electing legislatures who determine how the presidential vote is cast in each state. And three, by voting for governors who are supposed to enforce those laws. It's, it's incumbent upon these legislatures to ensure that the will of the people of their state, the will of their constituents, is exercised and respected. And without special sessions in Georgia, in Pennsylvania, in Wisconsin, Michigan, Nevada, I don't see how that happens.
1: So you think, let me see if I, I'm interpreting this correctly. You think that the, the special um, hearings that have already been held in numerous states is already a good indication that the state houses will do the right thing in a week's time?
2: I think it's an indication that that they are at least willing to hear the evidence. And if they were unwilling to do the special hearings, it would be a terrible indication, right? If they were unwilling to sit there and listen to Mayor Giuliani, Jen Ellis, and the witnesses, that would be a terrible indication, which would mean that that the legislatures are just going to stick their heads in the sand. But what we're getting now is is an openness from these legislators to hear the overwhelming evidence in Pennsylvania, in Arizona, in Michigan, in Georgia. I mean, in Michigan, in Wayne County, 71% of precincts were unbalanced, which means the amount of people who signed in to vote and the people who actually voted was not balanced. Yeah what,
1: let, let let's why, stop
2: stop there because this people? is
1: let's stop there because this is a phrase that has been used uh, several times during the recent hearings and it's an important one and uh, the phrase unbalanced and it comes from balancing the books so we have egregiously large numbers of precincts where the final tally for votes was unbalanced, which means the number of votes that they end up with after the count do not match insignificant figures, do not match the actual number of people registered to vote at that specific precinct. And that in itself is an indication of something is awry. But here's here's the question I have for you the the the, the commingling of ballots is a huge issue especially in Pennsylvania especially after justice alito in his capacity as a, a district court a judge said the pennsylvania authorities must not co mingle ballots that arrived late or ballots that arrived without a postmark or an illegible postmark. Is there any legal remedy? What have you heard from Rudy, from Jen and the others? Once a state just flagrantly disobeys either the constitutional requirements or the judge's order, well, how do you separate the false from the legitimate ballots, Boris? Is is there a legal tool, and instrument, or do we have to say, well, in that case... It's null and void as an election.
2: The le- the tool is this: that you look at the amount of ballots that were tainted, and then you do what's called a drawdown, and you look at the percentage of Biden to Trump, Trump to Biden votes, and you draw it down, meaning sort of in a county, you know, in, in a specific county where there are tainted ballots, and there's say, you know, just for easy math, there's a thousand tainted ballots. And the difference is eighty twenty Biden to Trump, where you take away eight hundred for Biden and two hundred from, from the president. Okay, that's what you do, and that's under a case called Marks v. Stenson
1: okay so you you just do it mathematically you you draw down the same number okay, um tell me what we can expect in the future i know you're you're convalescing we're hearings every single day. Is there any word yet i don't want to you know undermine the case of the president, but it looks as if, as in two thousand, the key moment will be. When and if this raises to the Supreme Court, are, are we feeling confident in in Team Trump, in Team MAGA, that sooner or later the Supreme Court, which now has a, it's not six to three guys, you know, with with, with Roberts, it's it's five to four, but at least it is five to four. Is there high confidence that we can get this to the highest court of the land in time, Boris? Well, what's
2: interesting is that in order for certiorari to be granted, and right now the the case. Of Mike Kelly um, uh, and Sean Parnell is uh, is already in front of the Supreme Court. The Pennsylvania case yes. about the Pennsylvania male voting system that's already in front of the Supreme Court. So the in order for certiorari to be granted, in order for the Supreme Court to be to review something, you actually only need four votes. And with even without Roberts and losing another one of our sta, your stalwarts,
1: hang on, this, could, hang on, this is this is fascinating. So hang on, hang on, hang on. So there's always this issue that the Supreme Court only hears a fraction of the cases that it could hear, right. and and look, I, I'm a novice, so, so I, I'm asking for your guidance here. For a case to be held in front of the Supreme Court, you're saying all you need is four associate justices to say yes,
2: associate or the chief, right? So all right. You, so you. The way it it works, it's called the rule of four. So for the Supreme Court to to grant what's called certiorari, which is the grand opportunity to be heard, you need four justices to assent to it. So do the math, right? Clarence Thomas, Alito, uh, Amy Coney Barrett, and Kavanaugh. Kavanaugh or Gorsuch or Roberts, do the trick. We can't count on Roberts, but we still have the five others. So, and even if for some reason... Which she should not, and I really truly hope she doesn't. Amy Coney Barrett says that she will just on the certiorari issue recuse herself. You still have
1: four, right? So, so you, so you're feeling confident. In other words,
2: I do think, based on my understanding of the Supreme Court and having studied it, and the fact that there's precedent in Bush v. Gore, and the, the you know, and obviously there's a federal question. It's the federal election. That when these issues get up to the Supreme Court, meaning the Pennsylvania lawsuit by by Sean Purnell and uh, and Congressman Mike Kelly, some of the other some of the other suits that are being filed, there was a very interesting, very very powerful lawsuit filed by President Trump personally and as a candidate yesterday in Wisconsin. When these issues get up to Supreme Court for review, meaning they go from district court to appellate court to the circuit courts of appeals to the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court looking at the breadth of the issues will have no reason to not take it up. And then it'll be up to, up, up to really the plaintiffs, which I'm obviously very confident in, uh, to lay out a good case based on the Constitution. And the case will be, will be based on several things, one of them being the fact that, again, under the Constitution, it is the legislatures that get to set right. the laws for electing the president. It is not the Secretary of State. It is not a clerk. It is not the governor. It is not courts. It's the legislature. And it's, so if those laws are contravened, which they've been in every state we talk about, Georgia, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan, Arizona, Nevada, then it is impossible to say that the, the election was conducted constitutionally. So you've got to, you've got to address those actions which contravene state law in these states. So and, and you know not to get too in depth right, but that's part of why the listeners I think, enjoy enjoy our podcast because we can break things down. What it comes down to is that there are deep constitutional issues. I do think that the the there will be four at least justices who want to hear them in the supreme Supreme Court. So then you are going to get uh, the rid the the writ of certiorari to be granted. I I
1: I would think, and then from there it's about presenting a case and and convincing the uh, the justices. Can I just indulge myself? Will you allow me as your co-host? Sure. It's it's your world. I'm just living in it, my friend. (laughs) No, no, no. It is our world. It is our listeners' world. Um, I just realized the coolest thing. It's not just my co-host, but it's our regular guests, our friends of the show, that are all in the same team fighting for truth and for justice in this election. The Baron is there. Jenna is there, Jenna Ellis. The people we had in studio yesterday for an hour Joe DeGenova, Victoria Tunsing, and at the top of it all, America's mayor, a very close friend of the show, regular guest, Rudy Giuliani. How cool is that? Is that, does that, did that even like, did you even think for a moment that you should have called your team the America First Legal Team? Well, actually, I thought we should have called ourselves the Gorkas. <laughs> No, that's a little. That's too much. That's too much. You know, America first. No, but
2: an all says, you know what it says, my friend? It says that your radio show and humbly our podcast yes. are the, at the very beating heart of the best of the MAGA movement. That's so
1: true. I love it. I, that just, just came to me as I was listening to you explain uh, how we get to the Supreme Court. And I just think that's so cool. And God God is good. All I'm going to say is God is good. And thank you for all of your support, guys. It means so much for us because we're here for a reason. We're on a mission. It's not just to entertain. We're here because we love this nation so very, very much as, you know, two fellow immigrants, Boris and I. Um, on, on that note, I have to ask, because it's also a big news item. You do consider yourself to be a New Yorker, do you not, Baron?
2: I do consider myself to be a New Yorker. New York is in my heart. It's a city I love, no matter how much disdain I have for the (laughs) horrible, disgusting, anti-Semitic mayor of New York, Warren Wilhelm, a.k.a. Bill de Blasio, and uh, Andrew Cuomo, who uh, honestly is is
1: fast-approaching to take over the Fredo nickname from his brother as the dumb Cuomo. Hang on, I've got a better one for him. I just call him Killer Cuomo, okay? That's my name for him, Killer Cuomo. Um, I ask you this because I just... uh, Call me uh, Pollyannish, call me deluded, but I'm really excited about what happened in Staten Island last night. The night before... This video we ha- we'd had to edit it because it was rather fo- well. Why did we? Because we used it for radio. We could have we could have left the naughty words in for the podcast. But do not adjust your uh, headphones. The the pauses are there because this gentleman got rather heated with good reason. This was filmed forty eight hours ago outside of Max Bar in Staten Island. Play cut.
3: Alright, I'm out here in front of Max Public House, 130 Lincoln Avenue being raided by the Sheriff's Department. Okay? This tiny little place trying to make a living. Okay? Three hundred and fifty people on an airplane, thousands of planes, okay? This close to each other. Costco's open. Home depot. People lined up, backed up with each other. This guy can't open his business. It's shame on you people. Shame on everybody for letting this happen. There should be a thousand people out here right now when well, they're getting raided by the Gestapo. Tomorrow is Wednesday at 6 o'clock p.m. I want this street shut down with 10,000 people. Because if we don't show up and show face, we're going to lose this whole battle. Disgusting. You should all be disgusted with yourselves. If they fear you, they won't with you. You understand what I'm saying? Get out here tomorrow night, Wednesday, tomorrow night, 6 o'clock, in front of Max Public House. This is disgusting.
1: That was two nights ago yesterday. It happened. More than a 1,000 people, some say, I think Tucker Carlson counted 1,500, were there. Because not the NYPD, let's be clear. It was the marshals with 25 officers shut down that small bar where the owners were just trying to make enough to feed their staff and their families. Boris, I think this is big.
2: It's huge, and I'll tell you why. The American people are not going to stand for the heavy-handedness and then vitally the hypocrisy of the Democrats, the hypocrisy. Were Bill de Blasio and Andrew Cuomo outraged at the Black Lives Matter dancing in the streets and being shoulder-to-shoulder and looting and rioting in New York? Were they outraged at that, my friend?
1: Not at all. They were celebrating it.
2: Were they, were they outraged at... Uh, at, at Antifa, causing absolute havoc to downtown Manhattan in the early summer.
1: Not by anything they say, said or did, not at all. No.
2: So, but are they outraged at a
1: small bar
2: in Staten Island, or are they outraged at a group of Jewish people mourning the death of a of a rabbi in Brooklyn? Well, yes, they are. Yes, they are. So What does that tell you? That they do not like, they disdain. Americans who are trying to work hard for a living and eke out a living at a bar, and they sure don't seem to be big fans of my people, the Jewish people, which is why when I went to Brooklyn and I and I spoke in front of thousands and thousands and thousands of Jews on a, on a Sunday in, in October, there was such an uproar and such support for President Trump. It's still the banner of my Twitter, at Boris CP, go check it out, or actually I've got a lot of pictures on Instagram, Boris, under, uh, Boris underscore Epstein, from that rally and how exciting it was in Marine Park, Brooklyn, to have these people, uh, have our people standing up and saying, no more. We are going to push back against the, not just the tyranny, but disgustingly the hypocrisy. Gavin Newsom going to a fancy dinner in California, the governor of California, going to French Laundry, (laughs) ooh-la-la. Then Mayor Lightfoot, if she could even be called the mayor, in Chicago, standing in the middle of a huge protest while she wants the people in Chicago to stay home. Governor Whitmore saying there's a lockdown while her husband is using his connections in order to try to have some downtime at his lake house. That is what the, who the Democrats are. They're full of hypocrite, hypocrisy, and they're full of hypocrisy and disdain. Disdain for everyday Americans like you and me, whose champion is Donald J. Trump.
1: Um, that was wonderful. I was just looking on my phone for a, for a tweet I responded to yesterday that, that kind of exemplifies the disdain, not, not just of that, that self-proclaimed aristocracy, the Democrat politicians, the mayors, the governors, but this is, this is from Generation Snowflake. So yesterday um, I posted a tweet with the photograph of the, the owner of that bar, or the co-owner. His name is Danny Presti. And I just posted the photograph, and I said, Danny Presti, American here. Be more like Danny. Hashtag Max Bar. Hashtag no locks de- lockdowns. Very soon thereafter, an individual who uh, goes by... Well, of course... It- <laughs> He doesn't use his full name because he's a coward. He calls himself It's Me Devon on Twitter, who has in his bio the following. Flip Georgia, flip the Senate, um, hashtag BLM. Okay, so you know where he's coming from. And this is his response. He says to my tweet, Yes, be like Danny. Don't give a rude word, about your fellow humans. Don't inconvenience yourself for a few months in turn for saving lives. Yeah, be like Danny. I responded the following because I was incensed. And I said, you bloody moron. Inconvenience for a few months? It's been half a year. And if you don't want to go to Max Bar, don't bloody go unless you want to pay his rent, his staff, and feed his kids, you arrogant, entitled git. Sorry, I let myself go a little bit there. Um, Isn't this the problem, that we have grown-ups who think that feeding your family makes you, uh, what, entitled, Boris? Well, the problem is this. Uh, uh,
2: The problem is that these Democrats, the left, have become... Absolutely disoriented, absolutely deluded, and they become almost almost, they become drunk with power. And what they want is they want to shut down and quiet and silence anybody who dares to say, you know what? I'm going to stand up. I'm going. I'm going to try to to make a living here. I'm going to do what's best for me and my family. And you know how you, how you sum up making a living, doing what's best for people and their families, taking opportunity. That's called America. Yeah. That's what what's made America the beautiful beacon of freedom and opportunity and success that it is that's what drew your family to it that's what drew my family to it that's why we're here and we're ready to do anything and everything and sacrifice of that opportunity that promise but the left what they want is a bunch is a bunch of quiet sheep who sit at home who are scared who close their businesses And who just listen and wait for that government handout and then vote Democrat in hopes of another government handout. They're not going to get it. They're not going to get it because don't forget this, you know, whatever the vote count is for Joe Biden in the end, whatever they determine it to be, with all of their ballot harvesting and mail-in ballots and, and, and dumping of thousands of ballots or tens of thousands of ballots in the middle of the night, President Trump will end up receiving about 70 Five million votes in this election. That is 12 million yeah. more than 2016. So no matter what happens or what the final result is here, and I do believe when the, when the legal votes are counted, President Trump will be determined to be the winner of this election. The fact of the matter is that the MAGA movement is going one way. It's growing. It's growing, and it grew by about... 20% from 2016 to 2020.
1: That's incredible. So you
2: know what? To those lefties, to everybody who's, who, who thinks that, that they could take over this country, well, we got another thing coming.
1: But, but Boris, I thought these people were supposed to be there for the small guy, for the victim. Whatever happened to that?
2: No, that's not who they're for. <laughs> they're not for the small guy. They're not for the victim. They are for, they are for power, for their own interests. They're for power, you know, for their buddies, for their old, the old, old remnants of the Clinton Foundation. And they're for Hunter Biden selling this country down the tubes to China. That's what they're doing this for. But there's nothing about the little guy. I mean, they don't, can't even propose any policies that will help the little guy. You think raising... $4 trillion in new taxes are going to help any Americans? I would love to see 100 Americans who could be brought out who will honestly say, you know what, $4 trillion in new tax hikes on Americans and American corporations are good for me. And they can honestly say that. Four, 100 rational Americans. I will bet you can't find that. The reason they want to, they want to hike taxes is they want to do some, some giveaways and try to convince people that it's good for them when we all know when the stock market is going to end up going lower, when, when people's 401ks are going to start getting smaller, when jobs are going to dry up even more because you can't have jobs when, you, when you're choking companies with taxes and regulation, Americans are going to suffer. Americans are going to suffer. And you know what? The MAGA movement is going to do everything possible under the leadership of President Trump to make sure that doesn't happen.
1: All right. Last question. Uh, we, We are praying for you, for the team, the America First legal team of the president. I like that. That's cool. We are going to pray for the state houses, for the conservatives there, for the Republicans that they have the requisite spine to make the right decision when it comes to not endorsing a fraudulent election. But here's a big picture question I want to leave you with. Uh, let's let's take off. Um, let's round it up. Let's say 10 million fraudulent fraud fraudulent um, ballots in the election for Biden. Uh, if that's the case, we still have 70, 68 million Americans who voted for a decrepit machine politician who has been in politics for 47 years who is in bed with the extremists of the squad and with with Warren and with with uh, the Bolshevik Bernie how do wh- wh- what is the remedy for that going forward how, we have such a clearly indoctrinated Chunk of the population. What what do you, as an immigrant who loves this country, see as as the the policy or the strategy for that political reality?
2: Well, first of all, we have to we have to fix our, ma- our, our voting system. We have to fix our voting system. Absentee balloting is absolutely fine and it's necessary when it, when it's real and it's proven that somebody cannot be there to vote. But widespread mail voting, which is then used to to canvas and, and used to harvest ballots, which means to go around, when Democrats go around and, and go to people 's homes and have you voted, go vote, and then are there when people are filling out their votes, we, we cannot have that kind of pressure on Americans. The American people should have the, should have the choice. of of when to vote and how to vote, but it needs to be done properly and under legislature and and under the Constitution. And I think widespread at-will mail mail balloting, especially when mail ballots are mailed to literally anybody and everybody, is a huge danger to the functioning of our system. That's one. Two, we've got to make sure that that we continue to educate the American public, speak loudly to the American public about the virtues of conservatism and the Trump movement. The virtues of lower taxes, smaller government, national security, better trade deals, the, a country that is a leader in the world and not leading from behind, a country that's seeing its economy blossom and burgeon, a country that is that is the strongest economy in the world. That is what you see under President Trump. That's what you see under conservatism, the Trump movement. That's not what you see under 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 liberals. Yeah. President Obama and Joe Biden had the had the slowest recovery in the history of the the country from a recession. So it's knowledge, it's information. And they say knowledge is power, and it's true. It's continuing to do what you've been doing, which is such a vital role, such an honorable role, to spread the word, to be honest about what we have in this country, which is the left that wants to make the country, frankly, worse, and the right, which wants to make the country grow. And then third... It's for our people to be motivated to stand up and get out there and vote in every election. And then when elections don't go right, like this one seems to not have been done appropriately, there's a ton of issues across every state that that have been uncovered. Well, we have to be loud and we have to speak up about it, and not just say, "Well, you know what? It happens. Let's move on." Not be Adam Kinzinger, for that you know the Rhino from Illinois. Yeah tweeting to President Trump, delete your account. Why don't you delete your account, Kinzinger? <laughs> wants to be another, uh, another uh, Amash. You know, that's what he wants. Uh, you know, another Justin Amash that uh, the, the, the used to be now congressman from Michigan. Right. These rhinos are doing nothing but hurting the republicanism and conservatism and the Trump movement. We need to be united and we need to stand strong.
1: He wants America to be burgeoning and blossoming. Lovely word usage. We want the baron to be burgeoning and blossoming, and we want him back (laughs) in the swamp, fighting the fight, and back in the studio. God bless you. Follow him, Boris EP, strategic Advisor to the Trump campaign and part of the America First legal team. As we just christened it, I'm Sebastian Gawker. This has been the Battle for 1600 podcast. Give us a review, why don't you? God bless. God bless you, my friend.